Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the AEW Rampage Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, but oh, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bigger quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to look ahead to Rampage tonight. A show I think we can all agree, Sidge, AW have clearly just given up on. Yeah, evidently. <laughs> what a weird argument that is. We, we, to an extent, you know, we were thinking it was trending in that direction where it was like a certain, I would say, two months passed by where it was like, right, this is going to be a 7 out of 10 um, episode of Dynamite with the Opening match banger and really good main event. Just chopped off it. So they did trend in that direction for a while, I will say. But they were never just going to completely give up on it. No. It was clearly sort of... I think there was an internal strategy where it was like, how can we... What's the base level for our rating here? I don't think they were... It seems weird. I don't think they were actively trying to find the bottom because... Why would anyone do that? But by the same measure, why wouldn't they put in, like, really stacked matches like they had been doing at the start? I just thought it was a, it's an interesting development. I wouldn't say phone it in, but it did feel a little bit like they were embracing the idea that it was a distinct B-show. Mm. But maybe they haven't decided to do some really cool stuff with Rampage and make it like the original vision was when it was like Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage. But maybe it's just a byproduct of the form that Mm. AEW is in, which, frankly, is white hot. I wasn't as high on the previous two weeks as uh, the general pulse, but ever since Revolution, I've adored this TV program, and maybe just a byproduct is Rampage becomes that bit more interesting and better. Yeah, and I, I... it's so, so uh, Miller says this every week on his like ups and downs for, for Rampage. It's going to sound incredibly backhanded compliment this, but it's so easily digestible. Yes. Like an hour of wrestling on a Saturday. Well, I watch it Saturday morning. I know you do as well. Um, and it's just, it just, just flies by as a result of that. 
Um, and of course, I haven't really had a chance to get your thoughts on the to Texas death match for the world title last week, just to show how much they've stacked Rampage recently. I wasn't the biggest fan, if I'm being absolutely truthful. I thought it was a very good, not great match uh, version of a, of a genre of match that I've just lost all interest in. The NXT takeover melodrama, there was a moment where Hangman Page threatened to ask himself the question, why am I so violent, when he was about to do something with the barbed wire and thought, no, my conscience can't do this. And I know that his... Um, Failure to hurt Adam Cole almost cost him deeper into the match, so he decided to do something brutal to him deeper into it. But why would you make that decision? Like, you're in a wrestling match. I'm long past the weird dramatic device where wrestlers in a wrestling ring are, for whatever reason, like, they've got a long history where they used to be friends, and God damn it, we could be friends again. DIY stuff. I don't know why Adam, Hangman Adam Page, who I hold in the literal highest regard oh, yeah. of professional wrestling would do that, even though I know the firmly established story beat is they used to be friends. Um, Adam Cole helped Adam Page early in their career, but they've since taken divergent paths and Adam Cole's an arsehole now. I'd say, I know what the story is. I just don't need it to be articulated with inner conflict. Yeah, I realize I'm, I'm a complete hypocrite because I still, I've not, never gone back to watch it, but I quite liked one final beat. But I completely agree with you on the, Looking at not looking at just the not just the gimmick of looking at your hands, but the idea of like, oh my god, I can't believe what I've done. Like I watched Francis and Gano in a UFC take dudes' heads off, and at no point does he go, I'm scared of my, I'm scared of what I'm going to do next. The only time I will accept this, and even then it was threatening big time to jump the shark in 2021 with uh, Matt Jackson and Kenny Omega, was uh, the I'm still a total mark for the elite, um, specifically as it pertains to Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, how they've encountered each other with the way that they, the textured relationship they share has unfolded. Mm. And there have been certain occasions where I've been thrilled at their initial reluctance to really hate, like to really hurt one another. And then something happens organically in the match that makes them think, you know what? I've got loads of sort of like, suppressed anger at my mate, so I am going to do it. They do it at a level that nobody else can, and everything else feels like just terrible uh, film compared to what they do. Yeah, like the bit with uh, the, the, the Ibushi move, didn't they? Yeah, on Revolution. Revolution. Yeah, yeah, like they can do it in a way that's thrilling and not just stupid, like, drawn-out acting melodrama. They can really fold it into the heat of the match. They had a, a spot strong style evolved, I think it was, uh, 2018 Long Beach, when it was Golden Lovers versus the Bucks. The whole idea was they were still friends, but it was frayed, and they wanted to have a competitive match, and obviously it mutated into like a proper fight to escalate the drama. And there's a bit where there's a table stationed and propped up at ringside, and um, Kenny Omega is like, he's been battered, and he's sort of trying to hold himself up on the table and like draping himself across it. Matt Jackson's about, he's on the top turnbuckle, He's about to hit Kota Ibushi with the final part of more bang for your buck. And then Kenny Omega, draped across the table, catches his eye. And he has an impulse of, you shoved me on my back two months ago and you injured me. Have some of this. Where he wouldn't have done it if the opportunity hadn't presented itself. Mm -hmm. It hadn't presented itself. It's all a work. But they're the masters of this form. And anybody else doing it just pisses me off. And 
even when it was like a really like the, the Meteora super kick was incredible. Uh, not the Meteora, the uh Orihara Moonsault counter was incredible. But even judged within the, the context and by the standards of a match that I've lost interested in, I don't think it was anywhere near as good as, for example, Adam Cole versus Alistair Black from NXT TakeOver in 2018 in Philly as a plunder brawl. Mm. I still don't think it was on that level for me. Well, thankfully, uh, now uh, Adam Cole gets a bit of a, a bit of a night off after a bloody Texas death yeah. match. All he's got to do is fight Tomohiro Ishii in a qualifier for the Owen Hart tournament. I've, you've been out of the loop for the last week, having been off. But all I can glean is, in the men's side of the Owen Hart tournament, they're just doing bonkers matches. FTR are fighting each other. Yeah. Adam Cole versus Ishii. I love it already. Yeah, I mean, this Owen Hart Foundation tournament, on the men's side specifically, is gearing up to be something quite special, like Dax and Cash. I'm doing the thing where I have to talk myself out of talking about it because I'm such a mark that I'm leaving nothing fresh <laughs> yes, yeah, or yeah. original for the preview, so I'll try on this one occasion. Is that next week? Is that Dynamite? Yeah, Dynamite yeah, okay. next week. That card looks absolutely ridiculous. But Adam Cole versus Tomohiro Ishii, what happened is they announced the Forbidden Door, and this is like a teaser for the pay-per-view. Um and they've wrapped it up into the uh, own Hard Cup at the same time. I'm fascinated by this match. Dave Meltzer's had various reports from the building in which the match has been described as tremendous. I've heard on various whispers on Twitter saying this is Adam Cole's potential best match that he's had in wow. elite wrestling so far. Um, people just on various websites that I frequent, sometimes against my better judgment, <laughs> have said, no, this is special. Ishii reminds people just who the hell he is. It's Adam Cole's best performance in AEW, et cetera, et cetera. I was initially a little bit like, ah, this match. And I thought, no, this could be special depending on whether something happens or not. Like, Adam Cole's great in his own way. Tomohiro Ishii's great in his own way. My only concern going into this match is the extent to which Adam Cole's self-aware and the extent to which Tomohiro Ishii is going to work his match versus Adam Cole's. I think the line in between, the perfect balance of this dynamic could be incredible. Ishii is not going to work in NXT TakeOver style match. He just isn't. It's not what he does. Adam Cole, and this is the source of a few misgivings about his run, feels like he's almost genetically incapable at this point of not working in NXT TakeOver match. So how do these two things mm. mesh? How do they, like, sort of gel? And I think that... Because the thing about Adam Cole, in this, on the point of self-awareness with Adam Cole, is that if he was self-aware, he might have started by now realizing that there are a certain group of fans... Uh, the arena doesn't reflect this, and it is just very online stuff. But a certain group of fans are getting a little bit exasperated by the fact that he expresses shock at the Panama Sunrise kickout in every single match. Yeah. If he was self-aware and you'd realize, hang on, when there's an undercurrent, a bubbling undercurrent of criticism, sooner rather than later, that becomes the narrative, and it can sort of have people turn on him. Mm given he's a heel's not ideal. What I'm getting at is how much is he going to be Adam Cole in this match? And Tomohiro Ishii's character cannot <laughs> sanction this. Yeah. So I'd like to think that Adam Cole is going to do the things with his faces and Tomohiro Ishii's just going to not sell it at all. I would love Ishii 
to take the Panama Sunrise. And if Adam Cole, for example, is going to do the shock kick-out phase, I would like Ishii to just sit up from one. Kick-out at one, right, is one option. Okay. That would actually warrant the shock kick-out phase for the first time in literally three years at this point. Or he could kick out at 2.3, save the, the spot because Adam Cole wanted saved, and... He does a shock kick out face, and Ishii can sit up and just start laughing and giggling because he, <laughs> he's got that in him. So I think they could, if Adam Cole's willing to sh- send himself up a little bit, this is going to be as good as everybody says. And I've just got no doubt whatsoever that Ishii's going to fall into the melodrama traps because that's just not the rest no. that he is. And Adam Cole is a very selfless guy, a very nice guy. But my only concern is how self-aware is he actually? Mm. I think I think you're right. I think I'm, I'm hoping you're correct, and I'm hoping that's you know it's one of those things. Once again, now you've said it. If it doesn't happen, I'll be disappointed. Yeah. Um, Ishii, of course, the man I was security for when I first started in WCPW. I love that. What uh, call to win though? Yes, call to call. Ishii uh, can have some bonkers. Let's do call versus Kyle O'Reilly at some point, possibly. Oh, I like that. Yeah, and then you can have Ishii have. Face literally almost anyone on that AW roster at the New Japan show, Wait a the, the Super Show thing. I'm sorry, I forgot. I don't want to see Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole wrestle ever again. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash what culture uh finally eddie kingston is going to get his hands on daniel garcia on tonight's rampage um i like the way this is slowly developing with the jericho appreciation society you sense i'm not suggesting it's going to happen in this match but it's going to get to the point where kingston santana and ortiz are going to need a few others to help him out because jericho's jericho's 
gaggle of gits is a five-strong piece. Yeah, I'm interested in this one. Not many noises coming out of it, but usually, like, there's usually a very... What happens when there's a, a match that gets must-see, don't skip Rampage this week hype on the levels of uh, Moxie, uh, and apparently Ishii Cole, is that the rest of the card isn't necessarily bad, it's just not as good as that mm-hmm. match. So this could still be very good. Uh, my only concern is that they had an absolute great match, such a real-feeling fight with struggle and nuance and just those wonderful... That wonderful feeling of, I can see someone desperately strategizing three moves ahead. I can see someone just swatting away every attack. And that was the first Garcia-Kingston Rampage match I thought was unbelievably great. Will it reach that height? I don't know. Um, Given that lack of hype coming out of it, I'm not convinced. But it can't be anything other than bad. As for the results... um, they can do something in the post-match, the ban from the match itself. I fear, and this is the problem with Rampage, I fear that if we'd got like two extremely welcome surprise additions to the Kingston-Santana-Ortiz unit, where they're either sentimental favourites from the indie circuit, like known friends of uh, Kingston, or two tag teams, or a tag team rather, that he's been previously aligned with, and a surprise return or a debut, we'd have heard about all of this. Mm. So I don't know what the pill... My fear is that, yeah, they can't do anything um, when the match is going on, but when it finishes, presumably in Kingston's favour, um, Jericho could say, oh, there's no stipulation about after the match. Mm-hmm. Do the shrug thing that he's known to do, and then do the, another five-on-three beatdown. Got an idea for someone who could make the run-in and make the save and, and really get a huge bad for uh, Eddie Kingston's gang. Mickey Gooch! Hey, guys, it's Mickey Gooch! He's back! <laughs> Remember, he's Mike Tyson's pal. For context, we, for whatever reason, remembered uh, Mikey Gooch. Mikey Gooch, Because we were talking about how Tyson's just chinned someone on a plane, and we were thinking, oh, God, remember when he was AEW, that was all a bit horrible energy. And then we were like, who the hell was that grandstanding dickhead who tried to get himself over with his stupid eye makeup and his weird zombie shuffling <laughs> bit that he thought would be good? Mike Tyson. UFC fighter, Vitor Belfort, UFC, multiple-time UFC champion, uh, Henry Cejudo. Out the way, guys! Mickey's here, and he's going to take his shirt off! It's Mickey Gooch, and I got my crazy eyes, and I got my weird energy, and I'm going to kick some ass. <laughs> you thought you thought you could take me on Jericho Bridge? We haven't gambled. I'm the Gooch. The Gooch is here. I'm the goddamn Gooch. This was honestly one of the worst uh, moments of my life. Oh. Seriously, it was deep in the pandemic. Yeah, it was dark times, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I hated working from home. It was inc- incredibly difficult balancing work and life, considering mm. that both things had to happen at the same time under the same roof. I hated it, hated it, miserable guy. And then Mikey Gooch is the new main event guy in the wrestling, the one wrestling promotion that's actually operating that you like and that you actually like. And the Gooch is here to ruin the it goddamn comes day. The Gooch. Uh, I, I think Daniel Garcia might win this one. I might, I might, I'm, I'm going all in on the sports entertainer gimmick. So I think Daniel Garcia might steal one by, I don't know, grabbing the tights or, uh, well, Feet on the ropes. Jericho bragging about someone stealing one as if it's a thing would subvert, would make a good heel tactic, right? Out of because WWE, I oh, stole one. It's their euphemism for oh, that's one doesn't count, dickhead. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're gonna do yeah. it again next week, and you're a goldfish. You're gonna watch it all the same to make to subvert that as a heel tactic. 
would be great because it would make sense in the storyline. Yeah. It would make sense with the uh, JAS gimmick. I'm all for this. I want Kingston to win. Kingston should yeah, be losing probably to Garcia at this point because you want him to be, I want him to be having a singles or a feature match on every pay-per-view until the day he decides to hang him up. Mm. Uh, and if you haven't seen it already, do check out Simon Miller's chat with Daniel Garcia backstage at Wale Mania on our YouTube channel. It's like three or four minutes. It's full character, Daniel Garcia, full sports entertainer, and it is magic stuff so do go and check that out I've not even written who do you think is going to win here I've just written what will Lance Archer do to Serpentico oh <laughs> uh, like something horribly violent Lance Archer is incredible at squash matches I hadn't realised how much I'd missed Lance Archer squash matches until I saw this match graphic pop up yeah. it was like Excalibur had to run through next week's Dynamite uh, and next week's Rampage all at the same time uh, no, this week's Rampage, next week's Dynamite, and some, I, I, you had to do like 10 matches. And he's talking like this, so it's, it got me because he was like an auction year at this point. <laughs> um, and you got this, oh, there's ladder matches, there's Philly Street Fights, there's Dax versus Cash, which is the match I'm in earnest most looking forward to. I was like, oh my God, it's a goddamn uh, Archer squash. Yes, <laughs> I didn't realize how much I'd missed them. Um, blackout on the apron. From the ring? Jeez. Just something ridiculous yeah, like that. I like that. I'm just going to say the thing that's been in my head this morning, because I saw it on Squared Circle, which was, I think it was Walter and, and Phoenix that did this, but I'm just going to replace them with Lance Archer and, and Serpentico. He uh, power bombs him so hard from the top rope, his mask comes off. Ah, uh, I love your physically impossible thing. Yeah, you can't work this. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we will talk about Jay Cargill, Marina Shafir in a second. Before we get to that, there's a couple of talky segments. Um, is Keith Lee and Swerve we're going to hear from, and also uh, the people who've qualified for the uh, Owen Hart tournament on the women's side of things, Jamie Hayer, Tony Storm, Britt Baker. In terms of Keith Lee and Swerve, what's next for them? Is it more, more feuding with Team Taz? Because I'm really quite enjoying that. Do another tag team match. Um, put Lee and Strickland... Over, and that can be it. Hmm. That can absolutely be it for me. And I'm really looking forward to it because that f- first tag was so much goddamn fun. So that's it. I think. Yeah, just just like you know, Swerve and and uh, and and Keith Lee together work so well as a team, and uh, the 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 visual of like Hobbs and and Lee coming together still excites me, and the fact that Hobbs is like. You know, you know all about that. You know when he and he pinned him. Let's not forget. So I, th- I sense just more, more fuel to that fire in that. In terms of the the uh, women who've qualified for the Owen Hart, Owen Hart tournament, who's who's your early favourite for that? So we're going to hear from Jamie Hayter, Tony Storm, Britt Baker. Tony Storm. This division desperately, desperately, desperately needs stars. Tony Storm. Don't mess about. Don't do the Ruby Riot push where it's like nearly there for the. Women's title, oh, nearly there for the TBS. One day she'll get it because that didn't work at all. Everyone's lost faith in her. I don't want people to lose faith in Tony Storm. I need to be able to watch women's wrestling in AEW without the infectious sense of lethargy. And I, I, I hate watching it in the same mood as the audience. I want Tony Storm to win. I want Tony Storm to win the whole thing at the expense of Britt Baker because she can function to put people over now because she's always got the baby face turn Absolutely. where she can start yeah, winning yeah, yeah. again. And I want Tony Storm. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. Usually I apologize to the mega fans for repeating takes. I'm not gonna apologize to the mega fans for this. Okay. Because I'm trying to manifest something here. I want when it happens, Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter to open dynamite. Okay. Get the goodwill. I'm gonna tweet this as well later. You'll have to forgive me. I want 
an AEW women's match to open Dynamite that has got a chance of really getting over because the the lure of Dynamite, the, the promise of Dynamite, makes fans go crazy at the start. The reality of a Dynamite means that it's long, and there are some matches that are just going to not be that great, and they'll fall into a lull. I want them to capitalise on the goodwill of that crowd ready to watch the thing they've bought a ticket for that they love, that they're looking forward to. They need that goodwill to carry into the vibe of an opening women's match, and then guess what? Do it again. Yeah. Do it again. Do it again. When the performers are there, stop pushing people who don't stand a chance of getting over on TV just to get over the literally the two people, the th- maybe three who are, and start doing all-star matches. I'm going to say something here, and it's a phrase that you and I hate, but it, it, it's applicable here. My, one of my new favorite things to follow on Twitter is, I think it's an account called Wrestling Moments That Live Rent-Free in My Head. We hate the rent-free phrase. But one of those things that applies is how bloody well Jamie Hayter bumped for Riho that time. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I hate to say this, I don't, and this is going to sound, I don't mean this in the way it sounds. Jamie Hayter is like Dolph Ziggler in terms of, she just is so good at bumping. I love that idea of her and Tony Storm opening a dynamite. And yeah, I've got to kind of agree with you. Tony Storm's got to be the favourite for that for that tourney so far. And yeah, maybe tonight's chat with the three of them will will set something up and uh, yeah, further develop. And I like that final Tony versus uh, Britt Baker. I don't know if the the, the brackets or anything's that been been revealed yet, but yeah, Tony Storm's got to be the early favourite. Um, right, let's talk about Jay Cargill twenty nine and O. Of course, tonight's match with Marina Shafir uh, potentially can take her to thirty and O. Or will Jay Cargill's undefeated streak come to an end, Michael Sidgwick? No, but you know what, I. I've grown very resentful of this AEW women's division now. There are no excuses left. There are loads of talent there. You've got Statland, you've got Storm, you've got Deeb, you've got Hater, you've got... These women should be wrestling each other at this point. They should be wrestling each other in good matches at this point. What are you waiting for? Yeah. What are you waiting for? People at this point would much rather watch really good women's wrestling than care about... I know the principles in booking about how you shouldn't beat people more than is necessary. It's too far in the other direction for me. However, I will say that for all my complaints about the the women's division booking, it hasn't really worked out with Shafia. The match on Dynamite was ice cold and not very well worked. But they've at least realized that Jade Cargill, the number 30, could be booked as a landmark. Yes. And they've tried to do something with it. Um, it hasn't really worked out. But Cargill and Baker, somehow Thunder Rosa isn't in this... Um, list, this incredibly short and depressing list, but they feel like the ones that they really care about, mm-hmm. and they've done something around the 30 defence. I hope this over-delivers where it feels like there's a moment where and obviously it's not going to happen, we would heard about the spoiler, which is why putting title matches on Rampage is an issue, mm-hmm. but uh, I want to, you can still get lost in it, even when you know there's a winner before on a live show, you still can get lost in the in the moment. And I want to get lost in that moment. Yeah. And I feel like with a legitimate MMA legitimacy or whatever you want to market it as, there's a chance this could happen. Um, Jade Cargill over delivers in the spot. The match with Anna Jay, I think, is the biggest triumph for the year, other than the Texas death match in terms of delivery versus expectation. And I hope this comes a little bit close to that. Mm, I agree. Uh, and I think the undefeated streak will continue. For me, it's just the battle of the entrances. I love both Shafir and Cargill's entrances. So I'm... Um, Excited to see that, and like you say, fingers crossed uh, for at least a moment where we think, "Oh my god, I don't know how," but there's not come out that the, t- that the undefeated streaks ended. Yeah. I, I think I think you're right. I think Cargo will continue, but 
Um, it's all about telling that story in the match, and I'm looking forward to it tonight. Let us know your thoughts ahead of AEW Rampage on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Sidgwick. The eight can still get Becoming All Elite, The Rise of A.W. Sidgwick's brilliant book right now on Amazon. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. The SmackDown preview is available right now. Wrestle Culture is coming your way with a bloody good quiz later on today. And we'll be back on Monday to review all these shows as well. But for now, this has been the A.W. Rampage preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.